Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is October 26th. Andy, how you doing? Brendan, I'm uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Victory Monday, I'm, huh? I'm Victory Monday indeed. I, I think I just said how you doing, which is Yeah, a, you did. I'm I'm off my off my game here early. I started giggling. I don't know, I'm just happy to start recording and I I, I missed my mark there right off the top. Um, is victory it, Monday, indeed. It might be because of all the, you know, shrapnel you've caught over the weekend for your rotisserie chicken takes. That's bullshit. I didn't catch any shrapnel. I feel, <laughs> I feel sort of affirm. I got the right voices. Will Knights jumped in. Kyle Porter jumped in. It's garbage. It's bad. We don't need to go into it again. I can't believe the life that this has taken on. You know, I'm trying to run this training camp for kids on Friday afternoon. My, my. Like, you know, my own little training camp where I put them through their paces and run them a little bit. Uh, and it's just, uh, I'm getting dinged with all these rotisserie chicken tweets and texts from you and Will and everybody else. I just cannot believe. My wife is now making jokes at me. Maybe, I hope, jokes saying, we'll have a smaller Thanksgiving this year instead of a big turkey. We can get a little rotisserie chicken. <laughs> I just, it, the way this became a part of my life the last 72 hours, I could not have anticipated I stand by every word that I said. I I feel kind of like I got the right support from the right amount of people, and and I'm okay with it. I think people are probably going to start questioning whether you should be around their kids, and uh, and take them out of training what? camp. Yeah, because what does that mean? Because you're opposed to rotisserie chicken. Why would they say that? It's an unhealthy food. It's ridiculous. Don't give me that. Uh, no, Brass- but Victory Monday. <laughs> Browns win. Picked. We we had a lot of exciting Sunday of golf too. Yeah, we'll talk golf. I was ready. I was tweeting about how I needed to bring in Mitch Trubisky. I purposely made it vague. Bring him home. We could bring him home as a free safety, <laughs> which you know that paid off by the end of the end of the day because Baker started zero for five. First ball in the air was an interception, much like last last week. Um. Might have torn OBJ's ACL. I don't know. We'll find out on, on that. So his horrible start. He starts 0 for 5. And then he hits like 20 of his next 20 passes. Five touchdown game. And we're back. We're back. I, I have some confidence. The Bengals you beat defense the Bengals. might be horrendous. You beat the Bengals. What? They're good. They're not bad. Well, they're they're good. But who? They're how game. are they good? They're one of the worst teams in the league. They're game. They're fine. What, what, they're fine. It, we... They haven't even. They've won what one game or no games? They tied the Eagles, I believe, and I think they've won one, if I'm not mistaken. So they're okay. They're competitive. They're punchy. You know, it's not. So it's it's a good win on the road. Five through five, bunch of passes from the pocket. That's been a big deal. I have. It's the best Baker's looked in a long time. And now there's gonna be hot takes about if he's better. Without OBJ, right? Like, have you been pressing because you have this big presence, this big personality on the outside? 
obviously supreme talent. Like, of course, this is crazy. They're better with Odell Beckham on the team, but that'll be that'll be sort of the Monday morning quarterbacking, I imagine. Anyways, victory Monday. We're five and two. We're five and two, and you got the Bears Monday night. You have any plans for Monday night football? I, you know, I'm just struggling for. We haven't done well in primetime football lately. I don't think we scored a touchdown. I don't think we scored a touchdown last year in primetime football. That's amazing. And uh, if you remember last year, we had primetime against the Rams, and that was when Mitch cried on the on the uh, sidelines. Oh, yeah. When uh, when Nagy pulled him out of the game for, I think it was a hip injury. And then they just, yeah, they tried some complete lie, right? A horrible, yeah. horrible cover-up. <laughs> yeah. Like some politician at like a rally. He just starts, nope, that's not actually how it is. They just, Nagy, just throwing crap on the, his move. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, that'll be but fun. That's five a good and one bears. Night game. Five and one bears. You know, we got to. You know, if could... I didn't have a personal connection to you or this podcast, I probably would not have any interest or tune in in any way. But now I'm kind of hooked for that, I think. Monday night. Yeah. Maybe ESPN should get, cut us a little bit of the sugar for that, for promoting this. Give us a little <laughs> yeah, sure. chip off the top. So, All um, right. Let's talk about golf. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about the Zozo Championship first? Whatever you want to talk about. What do you want to kick it off with? Let's talk about the Italian Open, National <laughs> Open with power lines running every which way, but it's a National <laughs> Open. Really? Full field, not a limited field cash grab in Southern California. Italian Open, won by Ross McGowan. Are you familiar with Ross McGowan's work? <laughs> all, all I have to say, Nick Mackey messaged me to make sure, friend of the program, that I talk about this. This guy looks like he's 65 years old and he's 38. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was my reaction too. When he came on the screen, I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." That's because I I feel like I knew the name. I like I thought he would, you know, I thought he'd look like Ross Fisher for some. I don't know why because they're both named Ross. Or that was just the na- what I expected. And he came, I was like, that, looks, he like "Looks like Paul Lowry. He could be like Keen Wisdom's little brother by like five years or something." He's a little portly. He's got her carrying some extra weight and the, the paunch. And I was like, huh? That's him? And uh, <laughs> so he won. Shot a 71. He was absolutely terrible. Just slapping it everywhere. Avo- avoiding the power lines, though. Oh, he was so bad. But he hasn't won in 11 years. He's old. He won the Madrid Open or something in 2009. He himself goes, I was terrible today i was nervy uh what was the quote i mean Here, here's a quote here's a quote i didn't this is this speaks to how he was playing coming into the week i didn't really foresee this my form hasn't been great but i felt like i was playing better definitely around the greens because the tee shot on 16 was a shocker. He hit it in a bunker on the other <laughs> hole that was a par three. He hit it in the bunker on 17. <laughs> and then he hit it into another bunker and holes out. So he went bunker, bunker, and hold out for birdie on 16. To, who, who, Lori Cantor, who he beat. Um, and he beat Kulsertz, too, as well. But Cantor, who was more head-to-head in the final group, played like the hole perfectly, made a par. McGowan went... B- bogey bogey and holes out 
you know, I, uh, and I kept reading his name as Rose McGowan, who I don't know if you're familiar. Like, she's like this extremely loud, aggressive, like, what? good reason not saying out of line but me too like a leader of the me too movement i keep reading this rose mcgallon uh, these headlines are throwing me off I was like what she's playing the italian open uh here's but he the, was terrible here's he goes, his quote the pins were the pins today were pretty easy if you found the fairways unfortunately i didn't find many which made it difficult he was terrible I can't believe it. I hit the ball terrible today, but luckily the putter kept me in it again. Do you see what he said after about what he was going to do after the round? What? No. He said, I think I'm going to have uh, to go now and have a big, a nice big glass of red wine and think about what's next. I mean, he looks like a fellow who gets after it. Doesn't oh, cheat yeah. himself at the bar, or the dinner well, table, or anything like he that. He doesn't look like a 38-year-old man, which probably means he gets after it. You know, he looks yeah. like he's about 60. <laughs> yeah. He's aged in the pub, like 2X. Um, anyways, the pins today were pretty easy. I love that. Shot a 71. Again, he was terrible, but I love it. Good for him. This is one of these kind of journeyman stories that who, you know, he hasn't won in 11 years. He was very emotional. Beats Lori Cantor, who shot a 60 in that first round. Almost went wire to wire. Uh, but yeah, anyways, that's your winner. You have any other Italian open thoughts? The power lines the power were prevalent. Line. West, West, he hit one. The West, West he hit one immediately asked for another ball. The West, I loved how he just was like, he just signaled. He was like, give me the ball. <laughs> yeah. Plopped it down. Uh, so that's your Italian Open. They're now onto this Cyprus double dip, which could be even more of a sort of you know circus golf compared to even the the power lines, the Aphrodite Hills out in the island of Cyprus. Uh, so that's your winner, Ross McGowan, Italian Open. Congrats to him. This is uh, I don't have. I, I don't know if we'll ever see this again this week. What? With uh, power lines just right in play, right runner right over a green. I don't know if we'll ever see that a major professional golf again. <laughs> like is, that, I it's mean, a it, real. Realistically, we probably won't ever see it again. That's a good point. It is not super uncommon to see them as part of like the Vista or like near a course or on a course valhalla has power lines famously even, or infamously even occasionally uh, you see him buy a tee box that could come play, yes. come and play on a tee like you know if you hit a bad tee shot but never like you hit a good iron shot and it hits the power line <laughs> like like a high lofted yeah, club and, going into a green <laughs> and it would like hit Boom. near the green <laughs> bat it out of the air Ah, okay, so that's your Italian Open. Congrats to Ross McGowan. Uh, on the women's tour, the LPGA, Allie McDonald beats Danielle Kane, among others, to win the LPGA Drive-On Championship at Reynolds Lake Oconee. Oconee. Oconee, I think is what it is. The Great Waters course. The Great Waters. I didn't realize Jack there Nicholas was like a distinction. Great Waters course. Why are you the see all the great? boats? I don't you know. see all the boats in the... I just said, it's, I mean, we're going to get corrected by many of our southern and other parts maybe ozarks area this looked like it was the pontoon capital pontoon <laughs> boat capital of the effing world watching this tournament just all these you know uh, some tuners you know, people of people of 
That can't be what they're called. But all these people are in advanced age, I, I would say. I say whatever. I've, I'm on a t- pontoon boat. I'm, I'm just tuning, you know? <laughs> Out here tuning. You don't say that. You do not say that. I jokingly say it. I think that's you what it should be called. You do not really say that. I think that's what you should call pontooning. should be called tuning. How often have you been on a pontoon boat? My wife's uh, cousin... Cousin's husband has has a pond. Oh, you guys all go up to those lakes in Wisconsin and stuff, the Chicago area. Is that where they go? This one, this one's in Indiana. This one's okay. This one's in Indiana, but yeah, okay. Yeah, there's there's Midwest has got prevalent pontoon, but there's okay. a pontoon right. culture, a tuning culture. I was after <laughs> college, we 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 almost sank a pontoon boat in the Outer Banks. We were like a week after college. It was half submerged. We thought we were going to lose our security deposit. My buddy's an idiot. He kept the throttle all the way down as everyone and all the coolers were on the front of it. And we were just going down with the ship. That's my only experience on a pontoon boat. I don't think I've ever been on one. Oh, pontoon boats but are great. I love pontoon boats. They were all over the broadcast. Pontoon uh, boats are underrated. I'll tell you what. Why Good do you one, say that? They go, fa- they go pretty fast. But they're so smooth. They're party boat. They got they got, well, that's they got what they the ability yeah. you should do. They're versatile. You know, you can yeah. carry a lot of people. It, yeah. You know, maybe not right now. They aren't the best boat, but it, all in all, the pontoon boat way underrated in the boating world. Yeah. Yeah, I lie. We did. T- I, I have been out on Lake Austin or Travis or whatever. One of those. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a great time. Pontoon boat's a great time. All right. They were all over the women's LPGA drive-on championship, which was won by Allie McDonald, her first, first professional win. First timer. I'm not mistaken. She's a Stared diabetic. Stared down Daniel Kane. Okay. Mississippi State be, grad. Yeah, she had to be like closely monitor her whole life. With uh, she's okay. got type one diabetes, so. Uh-huh. You know, just some, it's a little bit different story. Her whole family was there. Her birthday is always during the, uh, I read the article on LPGA.com by Steve Eubanks, but her family was, her whole family was there. And usually. She's 28 today. Yeah. Usually it's always during the Asian swing. So they never get to celebrate oh. her birthday. So oh, okay. because of, you know, the coronavirus and the reschedule okay. shuffle. Her family gets to watch her win for the first time. How cool is that? And celebrate yeah, her birthday. Very cool. Very cool. Beat Danielle Kane, who's probably someone, you know, can put a little anxiety into you when she's the one that you're playing down the stretch. I Aren't think we're we playing who, who the best play- golf in the world right now. Yeah. Of any gender, any tour, anything. Um, yeah. McDonald, she talked about how she made the Solheim Cup last year. Remember, she was like the mm-hmm. Stacey Lewis replacement late. And, you know, that was probably like the introduction to a lot of the wider audience for her. But talked about that being like kind of critical as she was getting pressed by Danielle Kane uh, late. So congrats to Allie McDonald at the uh, the pontoon boat classic, the drive on. Your pontoon. Did you really say I'm out tuning? You don't say that. It's just a dumb joke that I came up with one day when I was drunk on a pontoon boat. Okay. And I just thought of it now. What? I don't think uh, you would say drive on in a in a pontoon boat. What would be the you know float on maybe? (laughs) Right. Throttle on. Something like that. You you should go play the Great Waters course. Get down there. Check it out. Next time you're down in Georgia, 
add great waters. I feel Maybe like you drive around dr- it. You dr- we drive right by it when you go from Atlanta to Augusta, right? I never fly into Atlanta for the Masters. Yeah, that's, you're, a, that's an you're an elitist. amateur amateur event. What do you mean I'm an elitist? What do you think I'm flying <laughs> private into Augusta? What are you talking about? Just an elitist, East Coast elitist, just disparaging that's not true at all. disparaging the Atlanta to Augusta commute that us Midwest folk, you know, make. Absolutely not. I go to Columbia, South Carolina, and it's a tip from my fellow Midwesterner, Teddy Greenstein, who told me early on, you got to go into Columbia. It's Columbia, a pleasant, beautiful airport experience. You're in, you're out, you're down in Augusta in under an hour. That's the way to do it. This is a little tip for Midwesterners. This is a Chicago individual, a DC folk, East Coast folk would like elitist, not elitist, all all of you. I don't mess around with the Atlanta. The drive's longer. The airport's just much more of a behemoth. Columbia is the way to go if you're ever going to the Masters, if you can find a flight. All right. Uh, so yeah, check out Lake Oconee, Oconee on your way back next time. I want to see your review of the Great Waters. Uh, all right, should we finally get to the Zozo Championship? Yeah, let's talk about the Zozo. What Patrick we had, Cantlay? We Nick. had three of the top twelve players in the world duking it out down the stretch. I, I think Ross McGowan deserves the headline this week. <laughs> Ross McGowan, Allie McDonald, getting the getting the headline. Patrick Cantlay wins with nine birdies on Sunday. He gained three strokes on the field putting. Uh, he shot a sixty-five. He clipped John Rahm. And uh, Justin Thomas played out at, in front. Uh, Putter got rolling. I saw he was uh, maybe thanks to a tip or the watchful eye of Ricky Fowler was his roommate last week in Las Vegas. Roomy Ricky kind of helped the putter get get that in line. Just of course, can, can we count it as good. can we count it as a win for Ricky? <laughs> Had a half win to his Wikipedia page or something like that. An assist. Uh, <laughs> So, anyways, Cantley's always going to be an elite talent, and when he gains three strokes on the field, uh, putting, you know, it's a recipe for a low round and a nine birdie round. He beats JT and Rom, Southern California kid. They played that angle as you know you would expect in a broadcast. But did you hear he'd never even like played Sherwood? Never even set eyes on Sherwood. Well, he, I never... mean, it's not like Long Beach. He's from Long Beach. It's not like it's next door to Sherwood. I know. Like they make it seem like they're playing in Hollywood. It's like the Los Angeles. The other of, thing, yeah, yeah, it's like it's not easy to get to Thousand Oaks when yeah. even when you're in LA. You know, like yeah. he he UCLA campus, I guess, is pretty close to Thousand Oaks. Actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as easy as, as you can get from being, you know, on the west side. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean. It doesn't surprise me. I lived in uh, L.A. and been to L.A. a bunch of times. I've never really oh, felt... got an expert here. I've never felt the need to go to Sherwood. Uh-huh. So I understand why he'd never played Sherwood before. The Robin Hood expect never piqued your interest then. I, I just... So he... But he'd never laid eyes on it. Never been there. Skipped Monday. Played the back nine twice. And then he, you know, wins the tournament this week. I should so, tell you something about the golf course. Hey, I guess while we're on the course, they start talking about this hole has eight pools and 13 waterfalls on it. 
And I'm just, I'm under, like, I want to know the thought process between a guy who does one waterfall. And he does two. And he does three. And he's four. And he's had ten waterfalls. He goes, we, well, we could do one there. We could do one there. And, like, what, you do 13, you go, we'll do one more. And they get to 14 waterfalls. It's like, no, now we're good. What, what, what is the waterfall routing and calculation is that done in advance? Like, when do they decide we've reached the, we've got too many, we, or we can add a few more? Let me tell you when that is. It's when the owner says, no, I'm not paying for another one. That's when you've reached too many waterfalls. Because all those waterfalls, like we talked, I think we talked about it a couple of podcasts before. Every time, you know, one of these, especially Nicholas, notorious for Nicholas, Nicholas would charge like, you know, Whatever million dollar design fee, couple million dollar design yeah. fee, but then he yeah. ch- he charges fifteen percent on top of and uh, so all the contracted work. So every time he contracts something to be built, every time a sprinkler yeah. head's put in, Nicholas is making fifteen percent on top of that cost. So yeah. if you put in a shitload of waterfalls, you know what you're doing? You're making a shitload of money. <laughs> So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put in as many waterfalls as I possibly can. I'm just going to put <laughs> that money in my pocket. I, what's the, you probably don't know this even. What, what's the maintenance around like pools and waterfalls? Like who, do they got to bring in a separate guy who has the expertise on that? I mean, I assume there's some filter system, something that keeps the water running in a direction. Well, yeah, sort. there's like, a, it takes electricity. Like they have to right? turn, they turn on the waterfalls. That's so ridiculous. One time I went to a golf course. And I, I was flying the drone, and they they like uh-huh. texted me like, "Hold on, don't fly over there. We got to turn the waterfall on." <laughs> I like flew you, over there you, and got there before the, before the waterfall went on. I, to, I was going to find the that, footage. That sounds like a reason. That sounds like a thing you'd do the opposite. You would <laughs> heed, not heed their warning. That was a signal that you're about to fly directly there. Right away. <laughs> there you go. Okay. But anyways, Sherwood, any other reactions to the commentary about the water? You know, they have five reachable part fives. They it just didn't look to go ahead. Everywhere, you know, like everywhere we go, it can't, the same message can't be, oh, they spent a ton of money. And let me tell you, this thing turned out great. You know, like I'm sure yeah. the, the renovation made it better, but Let's talk about why they had to spend $11 million to renovate in the first place. Like, add some sort of insight into it. It's like not everything could just be like, oh, they spent a bunch of money and it turned out really great. Like, it's the same thing. It basically, he basically, Azinger did the same thing he did when he was down at at, uh, Big Cedar, just slobbered all over. You know, it's just like, add some sort of substance or insight into, like, Okay, what? Why did they, you know, spend eleven million dollars all week? He kept talking about it. He kept talking about thirteen million dollar or thirteen waterfalls on the one hole, and the this par three might cost more than an entire golf course. You know, why is that something that's good? 
big week for mowing lines too. The mowing, they were the talking striping. about that. The patterns, yeah, striping, whatever it was, yeah, mowing stripes, all that I mean, shit. Good. They have to mow it a certain way, you know. The, yeah, I never yeah. have understood. You could stripe it, or you could, they mow it one way and another way, you know, and it it's like half and half. Like there's, it's striped either way technically. Sure, uh, but getting back to your, like Azinger point and the p- portrayal, like. That was my whole point with CJ Cup uh, and Shadow Creek. Like, it's not to purely denigrate those courses. It's a big world out there. There, There's room for every kind of course, every kind of maybe unnatural or expensive. Like, that's not to just denigrate the course itself. It's more just asking for a little sort of equilibrium when you are portraying and presenting the course, when we're talking about it. Like, we, we can bag on the waterfall system. That's fine. But, like... Yeah, it's not to say Shadow Creek and Sherwood should not exist. It's fine. Every kind of course can exist out there. But when we're talking about it and presenting it, you know, for coverage, and not everything just has to always be, when you're holding Shadow Creek up as some sort of aspirational thing, that's where we get into trouble. That's the distinction we wanted to make. Last week, this week is similar. And Sherwood looks nice. It look, It's beautiful. Yeah. It'd be nice yeah. to play. Like, you know, like that. Yeah. But, like, talk about the the negatives too like you know yeah. just don't a little balance it's little just balance. everything's just cheerleading it, it just and i maybe i sound like i'm a angry cum- curmudgeon but like i just want people to be real you know yeah, yeah. and uh and that's it with azinger it's just it, i feel like i'm listening to the same thing every week in week out and i i don't want to talk about coverage anymore no, no, no. But by the way, when you're real and you present some balance, when you actually say the positive stuff, it, it hammers home more. It registers more as opposed to just kind of all if it all sounds great, all fluffy all the time, like none of it really lands with you and you can't discern what is actually good and what is maybe just being fluffy. Right. I mean, it, it, it adds some weight and punch to when you, you do have a real positive thing you want to get across. And there are positive things to say about Sherwood. Can we um, can we talk about something more serious? Yes. Can't it, wait for what this is. Is there a Geronimo curse on JT? I mean, he won Memphis, right? Am I mis- No, who won Memphis? He lost didn't he win Memphis? Memphis? No, he won Memphis. Oh. He won Memphis. I thought this was the third straight one that he lost. I don't think so. I think he cruised at Memphis, right? Yes, he yeah, definitely he did. did. He did cruise. He did. But he's right? lost a lot of 54-hole leads lately. Look. <laughs> I just wanted the Karanama curse. The Karanama? Look, he's looked very... He's looked shaky. He looked shaky in Mexico. He looked shaky at Kapalua at the top of the year. Um, he didn't have his best stuff today, he said. You know, he didn't play the par fives real well. He hit... He hits like a lot of just really bad shots. And I know that's a very simplistic way of putting it, but when we're talking about, you know, we'll use a dispersion or some other bullshit cone of this, like they are so far off, so far off. And and sometimes even from just like kind of pretty basic lies or pretty basic shots, he or when really it's on has a been, tee. or when it's on a tee to Memorial, right? When he was really, really shaky, giving it back to uh, Morikawa at the workday, the charity open. So, 
Yeah, I don't know if it's a Geronimo curse, but it is a Geronimo trend, a Geronimo impact. Hex. Maybe yeah. a Geronimo hex. <laughs> Geronimo hex. He was not. He started what the day too too clear. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, played the par fives poorly. I think uh, there's something on tilt a little bit. A lot of cursing. A lot of complaining about his lies and rough and you know not being comfortable over the ball. There was that the, there was constant dumping of the sound between he and Rom. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe they were being a little sort of overzealous, uh, overcautious about it, but holy cow, it really sort of disrupted the flow it's, every time. So he just seemed agitated is all I'll say. Go I ahead. think there's something too with JT that when he plays, when he plays well, he makes it look so easy. Like uh-huh. he's so, you you know how good of shots he can hit that when he hits some loose shots, they look so jarringly bad because of how good he looks when he's on. But this yeah. is, I think this is kind of ideal. This is an ideal situation for a guy going into a major. You know, I don't think you want to win this week. I don't think you're going to win the major if you win, like your start before the the major. Mm. I don't, I'm, I'm a, I don't know. I think it's really hard to win twice in a row, and I know they're yeah. mutually exclusive events. All this, right. but like, there's something about finishing, being in the hunt, getting those competitive juices going. Because you know, the reality is, he hasn't been like thick, thick in the hunt in over a month. You know, since uh-huh. the U.S. Open, and uh, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, like I'm back in the hunt, and and now I've got a major in two weeks. Like that's ideal yeah i i think i tend to agree with that i don't think you want to win back to back his his metal spikes came in here by the way i just want to be clear like i don't have a problem with him cursing every other word i was just saying like the dumping of the sound like kind of disrupted the flow of the broadcast that's i don't i don't know maybe there's no way around that but it was just it was just like you'd be listening to dan hicks and then all of a sudden there was just silent so no, no issue with cursing you're allowed to curse play golf you can curse I curse Metal all the spikes. time in my, under my breath when I play golf. It, right, sure. Metal spikes came in handy on that rock wall little. Uh, it could have hurt uh, him. Hack. I know he comes out shaking. I'm just everybody's just. I'm saying just the spikes could have hurt him. Oh, catch the wrong side. Talking about his wrist. <laughs> you, you I think he was implanted in the sod with his metal spikes. I I oh. did get a message that. From somebody that Bryson yes, wears metal spikes, and uh, so this is false advertising. This is because Puma, as far as I know, I may be speaking out of school here or uh, over my skis. They do not offer a shoe with metal spikes. Well, I guess no one does. And Bryson's always shilling for these, you know, athletic type shoes. And meanwhile, he's not using them. He's putting metal spikes in them. It's false advertising. Okay, what's the message say? Bryson, you were right on it. I guess he does have metal spikes in his yeah. little puma. You don't remember him walking around after winning Wingfoot and hearing the crunches when he's walking <laughs> around clack. everywhere? Yeah. I don't... You know what? Memory. Now, especially now that I have a child, I, I've realized anything what? that makes noise sucks. Like, you know, like a yeah. shoes that are loud or, you know... Yeah, Hitting yeah. the wrong floorboard that could wake yeah. up like it yes. is awful. Like so, metal spikes falls right into this. Any shoe that makes, I'm convinced half of them wear it because they like the sound it makes when they walk down the pavement. You think that's it? It's like a, a click clack type. It's like an ego know. thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, speaking of ego things, what's the message on Bryson? Can you realize Bryson, so he has metal Bryson spikes? Bryson has does metal spikes. Source on the ground. This was in Dubai or Middle East, right? Yeah, was, I think Somewhere. it was Dubai. But Bryson was quick to inform him that his spikes are longer than everybody else's on tour. That is the most dumbass Bryson point of pride and emphasis that he would be quick to unsolicitedly for- tell you that actually his spikes are longer than Tiger's. Did he make a point to say okay. they're longer than Tiger's and JT's? So. Um, real quick on JT before we go. He's having an excellent 2020, despite, you know, a huge layoff. And I think it'd be remiss not to point out in the calendar year, he has played 18 events. He has 10 top 10s. He has two wins, two seconds, and two thirds also in those top 10s. Pretty damn good. He's very good. He's... I don't know. Is he the best American golfer? Most consistent American golfer? I don't think. You know. I don't know. He he does tend to he tends to miss a lot of cuts. I would say, but never done much at the Masters. He's made the cuts, but he's never you know know. really contended, which is such an odd thing. You know, he loves the place, goes there all the time. Game should travel fine there, and you know, I feel like this is. I don't know. It's not it's certainly not a make or break. He's going to play there for a decade or multiple decades, but it feels like this is a big year for him at the Masters. How about uh, backdoor Rory? Hoodie Rory? No, we're not going to address that. But, but what about I him? love all these people that keep acting like the hoodies. Like they're, who's, who's fighting the hoodie? I haven't seen anybody that's been fighting it. And all these people... All over the place. It, I saw it infiltrated, you know, other social media platforms where people are hearing word of. It's like nobody, nobody's fighting the hoodie. What are you calling him backdoor Rory for? I can't stand that story. I don't want to hear anything more about the hoodie. Like, I don't want to hear about it. No one, no one's. Yeah, it's well, just he, people he, getting. He had that there. rough first round we talked about. You go 67, uh-huh. 67, 66. He said his he's, game's all his game's perfect. He's in good shape for Augusta. I think I might pick him at Augusta. Why? Well, I, I like I, it. I, I love I like Rory. Almost, I love Augusta. I'm almost out of guys for one and done, so I, I kind of almost forced myself into this corner. But, but I yeah. think I had Rom this week. I was pulling for him. I think if that's who I picked last Wednesday. Yeah, Rory, Rory looks good. Seems to be happy with his game. I feel like this could be the time he wins the Masters when it's such a funky. You know, he's someone who gets really annoyed with everybody always asking about the Masters because it's this, like, right of spring. Like, he hates, and he's tried everything. He's tried where, like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to pretend it's another tournament or I'm going to set my entire schedule around Masters prep or I'm going to, you know, go to Augusta a hundred times before, you know, first week of April. He's tried every kind of mental approach, and I, I can find him on the record and share. Like, I've, I've documented this in the past. And I think he like he gets so sick of it. He knows he shows up at Bay Hill. All the questions are going to be at the Masters. He knows he shows up at you know WGC Masters. Like, what do you think about the Masters? Where do you pre-? like? He's just someone who's I think come to hate that part of the rhythm of the season and how everything's sort of framed around the Masters. Maybe this is the time where it just kind of creeps up on you in November. There are no patrons. 
There's no expectations really for anyone. They're just happy to have it. Maybe this is when he wins it. Also, he's playing pretty good golf. So, yeah, you're Rory. That's going to be your pick, huh? Maybe. We're we're getting there. Okay. But uh, what else do you have from the Zozo? Oh, you know, uh, Finau. I thought. It, yeah. I thought he was going to break the PR curse, and I thought for a second maybe, you know, this is meant to be lighthearted. Maybe COVID, getting COVID was going to be the PR curse cure for him. But then literally he gets into the lead and then triple bogey next hole. Like, I was like, because in my head I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my God, he's he's surging. He did say he it like really knocked him on his oh, ass. I know. Did you see that? He's is, like, I was in bed all day, aches. Like, I have a lot more respect for the virus now. I was like, well. Yeah, it, it sounded like he got him really hard. Some of these guys doesn't, you know, do much at all. So, yeah, he said he, uh, it was like the first time in a while he wasn't even able to practice or anything. Gave him like yep. a natural break. Yep. Uh, Phil, just you know, the the game did not travel from Richmond. Maybe the game did travel. The exact game did travel from Richmond. It's just a different tour. Uh, he was a disaster, complete disaster. You know, there was one time he was trying to cut some ball over the. Did you see, he started that one like, day seven ten, under through maybe? eight. What? He started Saturday seven under through eight. Oh, I didn't see that. I think who was worse than him? Only like one or two guys. Michael Thompson only. You know, Gary Woodland WD, <laughs> but Michael Thompson is the only person who had a worse score. In the field. Think, think uh, about starting your third round seven under through eight. And finishing second from four, second from last. DFL. There was one drive today where it's just so far off. Like Tiger was in the background and he just sighed himself. He's like, ah, oh, we're going to have to like, he knew he was going to have to either look for it or have to wait for some sort of punch out miracle sort of strategy session to get back and play. Just seeing Tiger's reaction in the background killed me because normally Tiger would be sort of reveling and Phil, you know, being off the reservation. He's a competitor, right? Or or even amused. But it was almost like Tiger felt a bit of pain seeing another one sail 60 yards offline because all that meant like, it's I just I don't want to deal group. with this anymore. I just, <laughs> not again. Can we just kind of hit the ball and keep moving and get in the hole? It, it was just the most amusing reaction for me. Uh, so he was a mess. Phil was a mess. Do you want to, anything else you want to say on Phil? No. What did you, were you disappointed in Rom? Not winning. No, not necessarily. Rom wins. He's a winner. He's not a Ricky. He's he shot not a even Fino. par on the back nine. What do you, he wins a lot. It, like you were just saying, I'm not sure you want to win your That's start true. before the Masters. That's a good point. I, 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 I'm totally fine with him sort of just getting in the hunt. Is, uh, is Jerry, is Jerry Watson going to win the Masters? That became like a the take du jour. Really like there, there was like a five-minute stretch there where everyone tweeted the same thing. You know, Bubba... 2020 Masters, he's good. He plays well there. He's playing well now. Could win it. Like, yep, yep, we know. Uh, I don't know. Do you think he's going to win it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. Well, that's what the people come for, that kind of expert analysis. That's why they're listening right now. We're not going to sell you a bill of goods. We don't have a clue about anything other than, you know, 
couple uh, few I'll food you, items. I'll tell you one thing I do know. Yeah. Colin Morikawa is the locale this week. I had it noted. I was hoping you'd follow up. He, uh, Rio Ishikawa kind of blew it today. He shuts you over. It and- wasn't a real competitive ca- zone. If I do say so myself, what not like the Cameron about? zone. The two Camerons were paired together, coming down the final hole, neck and neck. One shot off, one shot separated. Cameron Smith, Cameron Champ. So that was a kind of game within the game, really fun down the stretch. <laughs> there are a few but game the within zone, the game. What? There's a few game within the games today. Like what else? Well, the cow zone, the camera zone. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. uh you know, obviously, always with anything, the FedEx Cup is the ultimate <laughs> game of the game. Is it now? Kokrak was trying to move up, you know? <laughs> Do you have a dump in the cup nominee? Do you have anybody who really kind of just didn't show up and protect the points like they should have? Like, like Rob, how about, how about Azinger? So when Rom lays up on that par five, and and then he's got to just not a three wood like to clear the hazard on the next one. And they're talking about the gumption. It's all like, hey, like, I guess if you're like taking some risk out of play off the tee, but then it's like you're praying, hanging on for dear life to clear the hazard on the next one. Like, what are they talking about? They're praising him for it's just. It just seemed odd to me that the. There's no overlooking the, the play. What? Yeah. Streelman had a vintage Sunday Streels. Oh God! What do you do? Just sixty (laughs) four. Of course. Moved up to T twenty eighth from. God who knows where. Moved up 34 stops. Oh, my God. Sunday Streels. 64. Vintage. But he was was the, uh, I think he was the shot the lower round of the golf course. By the way, Rom did make a birdie on that hole. I want to be clear. Like, the strategy played out all right because he just chipped up close. But it was just weird how they were talking about it as if he he, he had, like, you know, played the hole so daringly because he had to crush the three-wood. Yeah, Sunday Streel. Streel, Streel, Streel shot the lowest round of the day on Sunday. This is his thing. Kind of is. It's a theory that's been proven out, I think, over time. Dumping a cup? Is anybody? Um, Abraham Prancer? He had a poor day. Or a poor week, I should say. Yeah, I guess... You know, I'm just going to give the dump of the cup to... Uh, Richie Wierinski, 76, dropped huh. five spots. I'm going to give the dump of the cup to, uh, let's see. Who do you have? Adam Lawn lost nine shot, nine spots down the Lanto. Lanto was like a <laughs> drop from coverage. I guess he's, well, saving up, he's saving up for Houston. He's thinking, I don't want to win. I wonder if he's going back to Bermuda. That's what I was about to say. I wonder if he's taking the puddle jumper from Southern California to Bermuda. Remember puddle that? jumper. I was a joke. It was, <laughs> it's like who's who's doing that travel? This no cut limited field event. I'll be fascinated to see the overlap between guys who played in Sherwood and guys who are playing. Uh, what amounts well, to an ca- those event, field event? Those events kind of catered to different players. That's what I, I know. 
I know, but last year Lato was number one in the world, and he went and played Bermuda. <laughs> he took it back from Rory. So. Uh, yeah, he took a dump in the cup today. I- I'll be fascinated to see if he plays Bermuda. We I remember about Tiger? on Saturday the telecast, he made a putt, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, maybe you know Lanto, he could be the guy on Sunday." And I thought in my head, I was like, "Do you really think Lanto's going to be the guy with all these uh, big names? <laughs> like, is that really like, or did you just say that to fill the you know the dead air at the end of the? You got to say something about Lanto Griffin. <laughs> yeah. that's what you say. At one point, I think they called him like Lanto Green. It's <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. Disrespect, getting lost in the the big names. Can we talk about Tiger for a second? Sure. He was bad. Yeah, he's worst, but bad in the worst, and bad in like a sort of disconcerting ways. Like Martin Trainer spread zone. <laughs> the Martin Trainer zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Tiger, I think they said uh, Justin Ray. I believe I saw it. It's his worst. Strokes gained tee to green since Memorial 2015, which was that infamous Memorial where, I, for my money, it was maybe the very low point of sort of the injured slash chip yip years. I think that's when he played with Zach Blair, right? And shot the, mm-hmm. the, like, just... So that's not a metric you want to see from Tiger that's poor. His putting was improved, I guess. Um, he did not look good. He, he, I think, you know, he finished, he beat Phil, but other than that, it was like two or three other guys. That's, that's all he beat. You know? Prandtl was just hammering that he'd never seen so little pop in his swing. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, I've never seen his swing look so undynamic, like so slow. So I mean, he's not playing, so it's not necessarily like exhaustion. I mean, he's also forty and been injured in every which way. So, um, with the Masters probably going to be cold. I just, who knows though? He's still the defending he, Masters champion. Will he play Houston? This is the talking talking. I hope not. Story. It sounds like he'll let us know in the next couple of days. He's not going to let it go to like Friday, 5 p.m., but it's, he's not ruled it out. I would say it's doubtful, right? I don't. He's wh- never played a, what's the week happen? before a Masters in 20-some years, I believe. But this is what we're debating now. Will Tiger play Houston? So, anyways, he, he, he did not look good at all. Would you say um, sort of a holistic question? Would you say the waterfall swing was a success? Sherwood and uh, Shadow Creek. You're yeah, fine with it. I would. Okay. I I, I agree. I I'm enjoyed. Ha- I enjoyed the time, great. the timing yeah. of it. You know yep. when it's on. Yep. I like I, I for this time of year. Like it's nice having it be later. I thought today lacked a little pop for whatever reason, and that could just be my own personal proclivity. I didn't get into it. You know, it's a subjective thing. Because you're busy yapping on venue yeah that might have been it uh i i just had trouble getting into it also like we're talking about the timing remember last year when it got rained out in japan those fans were awesome they're so into it but it got rained out so they pushed it to monday in their time and it was on here like sunday prime time it was really cool watch opposite sunday night football you, and, ti- you know, and tiger, tiger one <laughs> chase for 82 i know that it matters a lot but uh that you know, might today have I just to do with it. I, I of course. But with Cantley, Rom, 
JT, I, I, I didn't get into it too much, but I thought overall the waterfall swing was a was a success, and I'm glad they pulled it off. Yeah. Okay, news. <laughs> yeah, you sound enthused. News, Bryson, he of the longest spikes on tour, carries a f- carry, 400-yard carry. The 400-yard catnip carry. It's questionable 400-yard carry. A lot of people neglected to add the context that there was a 20 mile per hour helping wind <laughs> on his track. All man. they did was say, you won't believe that he carried it 400. He carried it 400 <laughs> yards, but there's a 20 mile an hour wind. No, that's not to say this isn't amazing. There was a 211 mile per hour ball speed. He was allegedly by his own, you know, telling was not the 48-inch driver. It was just the regular old driver. I want to know why, why, isn't he, why isn't he using the 48-inch driver? What's going that on? That is a little odd. <laughs> is it, I don't understand. Are there only so many swings in it? What's the deal? Why is he not using that? He's yeah. not playing anymore, allegedly because he's working with that club. I thought so. we were getting ready and using the 48-inch driver. That's. I want to know. what I want to see the 48-inch driver track, man. That's what I'm yeah. interested in. Right, right. So uh, just I thought it was amusing that nobody, uh, it seems like people didn't really want to add later that, oh, there's pretty significant wind behind him. Uh, other news. Tiger says the champion's dinner is moving forward. But, quote, I think we're not going to get a lot of the past champions coming because obviously they're at the at-risk age. It's going to be a shame but this is unlike any times we've ever had in the past. So good to hear the champion centers happening. But again, yeah, cause for concern with some of those guys who are up there in years. I feel bad for Tiger. This should have been sort of part of the, I don't know, victory lap, right? Something that's really special to him and that he's done so many times. and never thought he'd probably do again. And maybe he won't have some of the old timers who've told so many stories and been present for so many of those dinners. They may not be there, but seems like we don't know what necessarily what's happening. Par three seems to be TBD. There's no clarity on that. I know that you're you're really on edge on whether you'll get a par three contest this year, but it is good to have the champions dinner. Yeah, it it is. It's strange. It's going to be a different year on from so many levels there. And I think right. I I was thinking about this like this last week, and I mean. Everybody talked about, oh, like November Masters is going to be awesome. It's awesome that we're having it. But I I like the April Masters a lot more. Like just from the lead up, the lead up feels so weird. Like, you know, like this next two weeks is going to be really strange with Bermuda and then Houston. And, you know, it's it's just like it's just not the way we usually, you know, there's like a building into the Masters that, that the schedule sits so well in. Um, you know, with the Bay Hills, the Riviera turn, you know, you get that kind of build into the masters and the season kind of rolls into it. And, uh, you know, this is so weird, the disjointedness, but that be every, having said all of that, I am very excited for the masters. Yes. It's yeah. I've been thinking about it quite a bit recently maybe right now say on it just it, we should be grateful we have it it's, it's i'm very excited we have it of course it'll be very abnormal uh master's fact of the day transitioning into that we have one from stephen proctor golf historian 
Uh, I'll get back with Bam Bearcat. I'm just I can't find. Cheat, you're cheating on cheating on Bam Bearcat. Not at all. Bam Bearcat's our OG historian, masters <laughs> fact of the day. But this is from Stephen Proctor. Great follow S Proctor Golf on Twitter. The youngest player to make the cut. Do you know who that is? The uh, Masters uh, youngest uh, player. Guan. Yeah, 14. Tin, Tinling Guan. Even after he got popped for slow play. The oldest to make the cut is Tommy Aaron. What, can you guess an age? Oldest to make the cut. 72. <laughs> no. 63. Is <laughs> Tommy Aaron oldest to make the cut? Larry Mize has got to be, he's going to be flirting with that this year. You think he, yeah, that sounds How right. How old is Fred Couples? He's probably about 60, pushing up close to 60 now. 61. He's getting there. He could be a guy that takes it down. Has he threatened the cut recently? That that storyline of Freddie just shows up and always contends, like, it feels like from a, like we've kind of dragged that on a few extra years. I don't know that he's played all that great there in recent years. Uh, but his health is a, a mess, of course. So, yeah, 63. It feels like that's – I don't know if we'll ever see – do you think a 14-year-old make the cut at the Masters? Again? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think golf's just going to get younger. I think it would probably come via the Asia Asia Amateur, Latin American Amateur, all the amateur events they have set up. You don't now, think right? it's going to come from a pro? <laughs> no, I don't think that. But <laughs> okay. I mean, it's very, I more just, specific. I just wanted to clarify. More specifically, <laughs> I would say it would be like in the path of a, a guad or one of, somebody who qualified <laughs> from the Latin America. <laughs> I just... Asshole. Of course, I don't think it'll come from a pro. More specifically. Uh, all right, uh, but I do think sixty-three will fall. I think that that's that's easily going to fall as well. Okay, that's your master fact of the day. That's your Monday episode. Thank you all for your support, continued listenership, friendship, everything else in between. Oh, buy some coffee if you if you Bixby. so feel. Go to bixby.com. Buy some merchandise if you yeah you don't have. You know what you should buy merchandise for? Not necessarily for the merchandise itself, but I bought the full set of 1990 and 1991 PGA Tour Pro set cards. And I think we're <laughs> going to start dropping randomly drawn cards so you could show up with some yo-yo from the 1990 PGA Tour. You could get the grip. <laughs> or you could add Fiori in your package with your merchandise. Or you could get, I don't know... A, Fred Couples, 1991 card. I'm not sure. Little (laughs) Slooman. So, yeah, that'll be, uh, yeah, that's merchandise. Coffee is Bixby Coffee, Shotgun Start Blend. Enjoy your Mondays. We will be back with you on Wednesday.